I look forward to this day every week because we get to visit with our friend Jamie Court. C-O-U-R-T is the spelling, just like going to court. And Jamie Court is the president of Consumer Watchdog. And Consumer Watchdog does go to court for consumers. But they do so much more if you don't know Consumer Watchdog, and even if you do. The website is consumerwatchdog.org. I love this organization and have for many years. They've been friends and we've worked together for many years. They keep it real. They hold one standard, applied to all even-handedly, go after Democrats and Republicans. They keep their values in place, and they really, really work hard for you and me. So, Jamie Court, thanks, as always, for being part of the Norman Goldman Show. Oh, it's always my pleasure to be back. Thanks, Norm. Well, Jamie, Consumer Watchdog does a lot in Sacramento, the state capital of California. And California is known, has a reputation for a long time, of leading the way. And we have led the way on things good and bad. California has led the way on so many trends and, and political issues. And once again now on the issue of patient safety and doctor-patient relationship in the area of health care. Once again, California leads the way, and Consumer Watchdog was a big part of that. Please tell us that story. Well, we've got a first in its kind in the nation law that Governor Brown, uh, Jared Brown, just signed last night that would uh, require the doctors who are on probation for some serious harms uh, they cause, sexual offense, overprescribing, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, have to disclose that to their patients uh, before seeing them. So doctors who get in trouble with the medical board for misconduct, serious misconduct, have to tell their patients about it. Uh, that's really important because you know if you're if you're going in for a surgery, you want to make sure you know you want to make sure you got the best doctor. If the doctor tells you he is on probation for drug abuse, it might raise a red flag. You know, or you send your your daughter or your wife goes to the you know, gynecologist, if, if they find out there's a history of sexual abuse, you know, they might think twice about using that gynecologist or at least ask some tough questions. So this is a really important uh, disclosure. The doctor's lobby fought it for the last three years. And what powered this bill through this year was the story of the victims of Larry Nasser, the Olympics uh, uh, physician who sexually molested uh, too many gymnasts to count, just hundreds. And, and it is a shocking story. When these Olympians went to the legislature to tell their story and say, look, you don't realize when a doctor abuses you, how it lasts in your psyche, in your, in your, in your life forever, in your mind forever. Uh, and uh, that really broke through to these legislators. It, it got us past the doctor's lobby. And we got a bill that basically requires doctors to disclose most of the serious misconduct they commit, including, you know, if they're criminally uh, convicted of uh, any type of patient harm. The one thing that didn't get in this bill to tell you how backwards we still are is uh, if there's gross negligence leading to a patient's harm, you, the, the doctors don't have to disclose that to their patients, which I think they should. But we'll come back and clean that up in future years. I think I think this was a, you know a big advance. So hopefully, other states will follow. And it's all really due to the Me Too movement and to the the fact that legislators have to listen a lot more closely to the Olympians, to the victims of sexual abuse. Well, Jamie, as amazing as this bill and now law is, I'm interested in that last note you put in there about a really important thing that did not make it in and your statement that you're going to go back and get it again. That sounds to me like incrementalism. And you said they've been fighting this for the last three years. Obviously, this is something that happened overnight. 
Jamie, I, I know it might give you you know a headache to think about it, but can you give us a sense of the kind of work that went into getting this here and still the work that needs to be done to fix the parts that were left out? Yeah, I mean, this was... Uh this has been a three-year fight, and Senator Jerry Hill's been, who's the chair of the Business and Professions Committee, has been doing it every step of the way. And in, in the middle of the night, you know, la- not this year, but last year, the Medical Association just held this thing up in committee to the degree that Senator Hill was thinking about not refunding the medical board, which regulates doctors, and he had to cave on that uh, and give up this reform. Well, this year, we had patients from all across uh, the state come forward and been victimized. Uh, by doctors who've either been overprescribed or sexually harassing members of their family or who had, uh, you know, experienced uh, drug abuse themselves, uh, the physicians, uh, while they were, you know, uh, working on patients. And I think those stories really lifted this this bill. Uh, Senator Hill was able to, to get it past the legislature with that power of the testimony and the media spotlight. Uh, and it's true with another bill, for instance, uh, a law that's taking effect October 2nd, as you know, we've been fighting since, I think, 2014 for this law to require doctors to check a database of all the narcotics prescribed before they prescribe narcotics to uh, a patient for the first time to make sure they're not prescribing to an addict and to make sure doctors that overprescribe have a paper trail uh, that they they check. And we can we can find out, uh, you know, whether or not they're looking at uh, what what they're doing when they prescribe. So that that is a law that takes effect October 2nd. We worked on that for the last four years. Uh, you know, these, these laws uh, come about only because of perseverance, only because of the human truth of the people who uh, have suffered in their lives and are willing to try to make some lemonade out of it and come forward and, 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 and are really brave and courageous in doing all that. So I, I think, and, and you know, the, the Olympians basically said, look, uh, we have brothers and sisters uh, who've been abused by doctors, and uh, boy, if those doctors uh, abused them while they were on probation, sure it would have been nice had uh, they had that warning or the parents had that warning. And um, and that's what this is all about, you know, trying to do some kind of inoculation uh, so that we, 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 we don't allow the mistakes of the past to be the mistakes of the future. That becomes really hard when you have the medical establishment trying to stand in your way at every turn. Um, one thing we are going to do also next year uh, is go after these legal hurdles that the uh, Doctors Association refuses to uh, remove for patients who are injured, legitimately injured. We have a 42-year-old law that uh, limits how much patients can collect in a court of law uh, when they're injured by a, a doctor uh, for medical negligence. And the legislature set a cap 40 years ago of $250,000 for people's pain and suffering, and it's never been raised. And juries don't even know about it until the judge reduces their verdicts. And that's got to change. That's got to change. And we're going to change it. And, and, and I think what this bill this year showed was that the doctor's lobby can't stand in the way of progress forever. Ultimately, legislators can overcome the medical lobby's objection when you have, you know, the power of people, the power of, of human truth, and you have, uh, you know, a spotlight in the media on these issues. You and I are visiting with Jamie Court. He's been a friend of this show since virtually the beginning. Check out Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, the spelling. Jamie Court, the president of Consumer Watchdog. Check him out and all his great colleagues at consumerwatchdog.org. Consumer Watchdog has worked for patient protection for so many years in the state of California and nationally that I can't even think how much work they've put in. It's really staggering how long they've worked at it and patient protection. And Jamie, along those lines, 
I'm watching, of course, as so many are, the national scene as we go into the November uh, congressional elections. And one thing that is not surprising, but still is surprising, is that health care, health care as a broad issue, the cost, of course, leading the way. But health care is like the number one issue that the public, the American people are raising with candidates running for the Senate and the House. And, and whether they're Democrats or Republicans, these politicians who are running for office this November, they are walking into a wall of health care concern. The Trump University administration has been undermining Obamacare at every turn. And people are genuinely scared. Jamie, to me, the issue of patient protection doctor disclosure, medical malpractice. It's all part of the broader discussion of getting us to Medicare for all. And Jamie, how do we make these connections so that people understand if we can get to a Medicare for all system, a lot of these problems will either go away or will be dramatically lessened. Well, I think that the 2020 presidential election may be the moment uh, when Medicare for all becomes viable for America. Uh, You know, it's shaping up to be the issue to define progressive Democrats in America right now. Bernie Sanders put it on the map. And uh, it's an issue that that if you want to be a candidate for president in the Democratic Party, I think you now have to embrace and say, well, I'm for Medicare for all. And I think that's true in um, most traditional Democratic uh, Senate seats and most traditional Democratic uh, congressional seats. We've seen, you know, more than half the country embrace Medicare for all, and that's a change from polling, you know, even a couple of years ago. Part of it is just, you know, people have been living in the vicissitudes of the insurance industry, and even with Obamacare, which has made things better in many ways that the insurance companies can't drop us when we get sick, they have to offer us a policy, the price of both insurance coverage for people who pay for it and of co-payments of deductibles of uh, prescription drugs that are not covered uh, under a traditional plan. Uh, people are getting very worried, and I think they realize that regulation is important to protect the market, but the market's broken, and we'd all be better if we all have what we all are entitled to when we're 65, which is Medicare. Uh, we just moved the age from 65 down to uh, one month, one year, <laughs> and, and ensure one day, right. one day, and we, and we got healthy people along with the older, sicker people, it makes the Medicare pool better. Doctors will have to make a little less money. Hospitals and drug companies will make a little less money, probably a whole lot less money. Well, we'll be able to get rid of the ridiculousness of $50 aspirins. I mean, all that silliness will go away because we'll just have to, it'll be a lot more transparent. It'll have to be because of the cost savings needed. Yeah, Medicare just won't pay it. And Medicare, you know, has a 3% overhead. The insurance industry in America has a 20 to 30% overhead. So Medicare won't put up with it. Uh, And there's going to be less fraud. It's a much simpler system. Think about how much paperwork we cut down on if we didn't have all these insurers. Now, you got to do something with the people who work for the insurance companies. you got to find a just transition to different jobs. You have to allow for insurance probably in America over and above a certain level of coverage guaranteed by Medicare for all so people can add on and buy more. And you got to make sure that market uh, doesn't prevent the, the really good doctors from being in the main Medicare for all market. These are all doable things. I mean, it's basically all Medicare is, is a purchaser that is the government. And because it's such a big buyer, it gets the best price, which is why the drug companies have never allowed the government to do bulk purchasing for Medicare for prescription drugs the way we do it for the Veterans Administration, because we get a much better price and they'd make a lot less money. 
Well, if we did it not for just for drugs, but hospitals and for every American, and for uh, it would be an awful uh, lot cheaper. We'd, we'd be in line with every other industrial country that spends, uh, you know, a lot less on healthcare and has a lot better health outcomes. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the wisdom of all this, which you know, I've been fighting, frankly, for this for 30 years. I, I remember one of my first jobs out of college. Uh, I was uh, part of a group that was fighting for single payer health care. And back then, you know, I guess fewer people understood it. The American insurance industry had gone through the HMO revolution. It was overcharging. It was greedy. But people generally like what they got because employers paid for most of it. Um, it seemed like a very distant dream. And uh, I think we're, we're kind of at that tipping point right now. And this 2020 election may be a choice for America between a Democratic candidate that supports Medicare for all, therefore will have a mandate if he wins or she wins to deliver on it, and a Republican candidate who almost certainly will not support that, and in fact would want to dismantle Medicare altogether. And if given that choice, I'm hopeful, even with our Electoral College and the Russians, that we will get a good result uh, and the American people will choose Medicare for all. Well, Jamie, I always go back to the abolitionists of, of alcohol. Uh, that started, really got going in the 1820s, and it finally got to fruition about 95 years later. Social movements that bring profound change to America don't happen overnight. And uh, thank you for chronicling so many of the really depressing aspects of incrementalism. But this, unfortunately, is how it goes. Uh, you and I have been visiting with our friend Jamie Court. He's the president of Consumer. Consumer Watchdog, and if you don't know Consumer Watchdog, and even if you do, it's definitely worth our time to go to ConsumerWatchdog.org and see what's going on in terms of protecting consumers. Consumer Watchdog has done a lot on the patient protection front, Medicare for all, but you can see all their great work at ConsumerWatchdog.org. Jamie, the clock is always against us, but I can't thank you enough for making some time for us, visiting with us, and we'll check in with you again next week. And the clock always ticks forward. Thanks, Norm.